What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, this song here has won World Clash eight times. They've traveled four corners of the earth. They've done some amazing stuff. They've done stadium shows. Listen, you know, we have in the building today, we have Sammy T from Mighty Crown in the building today. What's going on, big boss? Hey, one man. Konnichiwa, muscle. Yo, it's been a long while, man. Canadian massive, the whole world. What's good? What's good? Definitely thank you for joining us here today because I know somebody like you, your experiences over the past 30 years are going to be so interesting to listen to tonight. Okay, let's do this, man. All let's right. Go. All right, let's go. So on this podcast, we like to go right from the beginning and then bring it right up to 2023. So where were you born in Japan and what type of child were you? Um, it's hard to explain what kind of child I was, but, um, yeah, I was born in Yokohama, Japan, which is like, uh, like a half hour, uh, from Tokyo, which is the, the capital mm-hmm. of Japan. Yeah. So that's where I born and raised since, yes, basically. Mm-hmm. And what kind of child I was, I was a, I was a decent child. You know, very, um, very good child, I guess. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's half, it, it, it's half to describe yourself, you know, what kind of child you was. Like, yo, I don't know, like, uh, it, it's people who judge. Around, around me, I got judged what kind of child I was, you know. It's mm. better, I need to ask my parents, man. I'd be like, yo, what kind of child I was, man? <laughs> like, Rude are, you know, <laughs> from there. And even growing up, did you have any, how many brothers and sisters did you have growing up at that time? Yeah, may I, may I have uh, one, one blood brother, you know? Yeah. I have brothers all over with, you know, it's not blood brother, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, and, and my partner in crime, master Simon is, uh, my real brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's two years older than me. From there, and then you guys growing up in Yokohama now, what did you think of growing up you were going to get into? Did you want to become a doctor, a lawyer, engineer? What did you think you were going to get into? Um, I was into um, soccer a lot, like, you know, football. You call, you call it soccer, I guess, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, I was like a sport kid. Like, I used to do a lot of sports, like, always running around, being active. Uh, I was I was an active kid, man. I was really active. And then, you know, like, doing skateboards and stuff like that from a younger age. Like, since, since I was, like, sixth grade or, like, seventh grade around that time. Yeah, so I used to do skateboard a lot. I used to play uh, soccer a lot. And, um, yeah, very active child, man. Active child there coming up. So even now that you were, you're into all type of stuff there, what did you discover first? Did you discover hip hop first or reggae first? Um, um, before hip hop was like, you know, I was, um, lucky to, you know, like my parents used to listen to. Not the Japanese music, but more like a, um, 
like English music, like pop music. Um, like for instance, like um, Beatles, mm -hmm. like uh, Carpenter, Stevie Wonder, them kind of music, you know? My parents used to play those kind of music in the car and stuff like that. So listening, growing up, listening to them kind of music, of course, we've been listening to some of the like Japanese music as well, but mm -hmm. I discovered hip hop like, um, like around 89, 90-ish, yeah. And I was like, probably like 15, 16, like mm -hmm. around that time, yeah. And who were you listening to in hip hop that time? There, because I know at that time, eighty nine, ninety would have been. This is probably past Fat Boys, and this is probably like LL Cool J and these guys. Are yeah, saying. yeah, yeah, around that era. So I used to start listening to like Public Enemy. Um, who else? No, Public Enemy, like Run DMC. Mm -hmm. Um, who else? No, I'm forgetting a one big man name, man. So. But like definitely NWA, like Easy E. Um, who else? No. You should have a crew name like Third Base. Yes. Yeah. So I used to do like Third Base. Public Enemy was big. Um, NWA was really big for me. Like uh, I was really into like Easy E. Like you know him cussing out like you know. Cussing out people, I'm like, oh fuck, this 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 is really this bad. Yeah. <laughs> as a as a child, you know, I was like, really, yo, oh, fuck, man, like, you know, I, I I used to love his voice as well, like, mm -hmm. Easy E, yeah, yeah, Easy E was was one of the one of the guys, man, like, really, definitely. And did you uh, get interested in? DJing this time, like when you're listening to hip hop, or DJing didn't come into play until you got into reggae. No, DJ was coming into play right there. Like I wanted to become a DJ when I start listening to hip hop, and then you know start buying records and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, I wanna, I wanna play. You know, I like the whole art of you know DJ going like this and you know mixing the song, but. You know, I had none of those skills, though, at that time. Because I didn't even have a, a turntable. Okay. Yeah. So um, I had to I had to go buy one, right? Um, we need, I needed two turntables. So I worked my ass off, you know, as a kid, like getting, um, you know, go, go do some work over here, over there, and, you know, collecting that money. Because it wasn't, it wasn't cheap, you know what I mean? Like... Mm -hmm. One turntable was like maybe like five hundred dollars or yeah, um, it was probably more. But like, um, I I got like uh, the second hand. You got the used, used one from one of my brethren. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one of my brethren was like, "Yo, I'm I'm, I'm about to Lego my two turntables. So you wanted to buy it?" And I was like, "Yo, I want to buy that shit." And then and that's how I bought the yeah turntable back there and what was your dj name back then when you were dj in hip-hop i didn't really have a name man i was just because i was even you know i was just a kid like you know just playing like um i didn't have a name man not really like i didn't no no name no name <laughs> no name so then you're you're djing you're fooling around with hip-hop when did you now discover reggae or dance how whichever one came first 
uh, it came like about the same time. But what I remember, like from from my memory, is like um, first when it come to like reggae, I listen Bob Marley. You know, I remember uh, listening to a legend album, and then it was a different um, inspiration, different like vibe. You know, I was like, wow, what the fuck is this? Like as a kid in Japan and listening to, you know, mm-hmm. like finally meeting Bob Marley record. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is totally different, man. Like mm-hmm. from the music that I was listening, you know, like from a child. And then I was like, really like kind of like um, shocked in a way. I'm like listening to his messages and, you know, mm-hmm. You know, I was like, wow, this is, this is wicked. And then at the same time, like one of my bridges went to Jamaica and, you know, came back. Yeah. And then he brought a cassette tape, sound system cassette tape. Mm. And then that's how really, you know, I got into reggae dancehall, sound system culture scene, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was a cassette tape that, like, I was listening to. Like, I used to listen to, like, um, Super Saint. It used to have a song named Crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Stone Low, Jaro, um, Adi, Stereo Mars. Yes. You know, like, yeah, all these foundation, man. Foundation cassettes that's coming in one by one. And then that was it. And what was it that you liked about the sound tapes back then? What was it that really appealed to you? Because remember, you're listening to NWA. That's totally different than what you hear now on these sound tapes. What was it in particular? Uh, Patwa, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Jamaican language was so, um, it struck me. You know, it was a vibe, interesting like in the early days, I thought Bombokla was like a word to ill of people. Like, yo, the word, the the way how it sounds, like you'd be like, yo, Bombokla, you just want to say the word Bombokla, you know what I mean? Like, like, yo, what's up, Bombokla? Like, kind of vibe. You know what I mean? It's like it was really, yeah, like it was the the Patwa language that kind of struck me. Like, you know, listening to the songs them and. You know, the MC them and stuff like that. One of my big inspiration upon soul system, um, soul man, I should say, right, is um, Captain Midnight from Super mm-hmm. Saint. I think he's in Canada, right? He was here for a while, but then he moved uh, back to Jamaica. So he's in Jamaica. Oh, so you, are, you are right. You know what you're talking about there. Yo, I would love to, I would love to do an interview with him still. Nah, like. I never met that man, but like, you know, his voice used to be like, you know, like authentic, like really cool, like, you know, loving style. And then, and then the way how he emceed the intro, the songs, them, you know, was one of, one of, one of like early days inspiration, definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. The thing with Captain Midnight too, he would kill you with 45s. Not a lot of dubs, but you yeah. see when it comes to those 45s, bruh, don't ramp with Midnight. Yeah, like, it, like that's how I kind of like, like learn, like really like, you know, he wasn't really like a dub person, I guess. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, so 
that's how I kind of learned like a lot of songs too, you know, like the way how I MC the intro, the song, the man. Yeah, man. And then definitely like, um, um, who else know? Um, yeah, definitely Rory, mm-hmm. like stole up, you know, juggling side, you know, like another different, different, different style. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And back in the days, right. It used to be like more like a robot up song used to be like more like a rubber dub style meaning like um you know artists you know performing like you know you play the record you know the the the, the version and you flip it and you use the instrumental and the artist used to sing right and 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 super cat nicodemus was was my man like you know always listening to the monday was like it was wicked, man. That was like another big inspiration as a kid, like listening to. So it's always been like the Patwa language that was like, you know, mm-hmm. I'll pull up my selector, like all them something there, like, because yeah. I, mean, I, lie, I used to listen to cassette tape. Like once I get the one cassette, mm-hmm. I probably listened to that cassette like hundred times. Of course, especially being in somewhere like Japan where it's not accessible every week, mm-hmm. you'll probably have like a small selection and you're beating that every Yeah, exactly. Because remember, remember these, these, those back in the days, like you don't have no internet. You had to go there or somebody had to fly down there and bring back the cassette tape. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. That was there. So then, no, when did you actually tell your brother, no, say, hey, Look, this is what I'm listening to, and I want to actually build a sound system. Or how did that go? Um, like um, the the first ins- um, inspiration, I should, like the the way how we started building the sound system was when I fly into New York. When I was um, like I think I was like 17 around them time there, mm-hmm. and first time when I went to build more barroom. A kid from Japan, like seventeen year old, you know, all the people like in 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 the city, right? In 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 Manhattan was like, yo, don't go to Brooklyn, man. Like, you know, yo, that's the ghetto, you know. That's the that's the, yo, you know, that's the garrison. Don't even try to go there. Like, man, like you, you know, man, you you're gonna get killed, man. That was the kind of vibe, there, right? <laughs> but passion over one the the scariness of the streets for me like you know i was so you know into this shit i was like yo i gotta go there man in order to discover that's how i you know start going to dances you know going by records at superpower records and stuff like that in brooklyn mm-hmm. so i discovered biltmore barroom and that's the first time i ever listened to like um sound system like real sound system Mm-hmm. And I still remember it was Stone Love versus King Addis and Supercat Live. So it was all like, you know, dream dream come true kind of vibe there, you know, as a as a reggae and dancehall fan, as a sound system fan. Mm-hmm. Like going to Biltmore was like, because there was no Japanese youth at that time, really, like in, in Biltmore Barroom. You will only see like, I know like a couple of my friends been to Biltmore Barroom and stuff, but that was the first time I ever like 
really experienced a sound system. And I was like, yo, I got to bring this shit back to Japan, man. Like, I mean, there was other sound before, you know, before Mighty Crown, before Mighty Crown was like, um, uh, they used to have a song called Taxi Hi-Fi. Yes. Which is one of the, yeah, one of the first sound system, um, in Japan. And there was also a song named Kila-san Movements. Mm -hmm. They, they bought like i think old stone love sound system and they brought it back to japan and kind of vibed it okay so that was like yeah so they used to have a soul system like early in japan right but like i didn't really go through listening to those sounds in japan i like kind of jumped that whole part and then i just went to new york and went to see the real you know yeah, why, so that was why the, New York though. Why New York and not Jamaica? Um, like, like you know, I went to like um university, like in 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 New York. So that was one of the ways, like how you know, I was like, yo, I gotta go to you know. That was the way how to reach. Well, there wasn't really like no um school in Jamaica where you know, I mean, there is UE and stuff, but I didn't really know about them kind of stuff. And then, yeah, New York was like, I knew there was a lot of Jamaican community in New York. It was either LA or New York for me. But like, I picked New York because there was more of a bigger Jamaican community, like more bigger Caribbean community, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't really, like, it was, I knew like there was a whole big scene in um, New York. So that was one of the reasons why I chose New York. And then, and then the access like from New York mm -hmm. to Jamaica is not too far compared to Japan because like yeah, back in the days, they used to have like a flight still, you know, like um, from Japan to Jamaica straight. Like I think it's like 16 or 17 hours <laughs> flight or something like that. Oh. Yeah. So it like, was New York, man. New York was my my place. Like, was, so you're doing your stuff. You went to New York. Now you're going to school. What did you What did you take in school at that time? There, like, yo, I'm not lie. I was just doing like general studies, but I wasn't really in um in in school, man. I mm -hmm. you know, I just like entered the university. Like, I I went to a school named Pace University in in in, in downtown, like New York. Um, and then like the first, maybe like only like maybe one or two months I used to really like, you know, try to attend school. Mm. Right. Because I was so into reggae and dance, sound system, you know, like I end up like going from Pace University to street university. <laughs> I hear you. Yo, so by the third, like, like that, by the third month, you know, I was in Brooklyn like every fucking day, <laughs> and then yeah. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know Patwa, right? I like, I kind of was able to speak English because I went to like American school in Japan, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I kind of learned um, speaking English. But um, Patwa was a whole different game, man. It was a totally different game and then i was like yo i wanted to learn the language so bad like I, I i was listening to cassette and stuff but like 
in order for me, I learned Patois in Brooklyn, like basically like being in the streets, like always in, you know, in a Jamaica restaurant, eating food. I still remember I used to go to this restaurant called Badu restaurant. Mm -hmm. And you used to have an artist named Reverend Badu in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People would be like, who the fuck, <laughs> who the fuck is it? Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to be in that streets, like. Well, I guess people never expect me to say Reverend Badu. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Badu was one of the first. Well, Reverend Badu was the first artist, may I have advice, you know. Oh, he was the first one. Reverend Badu and Nicodemus was the first artist, my advice. Yeah. Yo, it was so funny. Like, uh, this is the way how I discovered Vicing Dupli, right? You know, being a soul man, like in Japan, just name Mighty Crown ourselves and then just starting the song, right? And then mm -hmm. when I flew into New York, one of my mission was to go vice a dub play, yeah. special for Mighty Crown song. Like I wanted to, you know, my whole crew, you know, um, worked and then, you know, every, every man like pay like $300, $400 on the table. We all, collect, I all collect that money. I'm like, yo, all right, I have a grand now. I'm going to go vice a dub play, man. And then, so I, I, I book up on a, a record shop in Manhattan. I think it was a record shop named Eastside Records, mm -hmm. right? Back in, like, back in the days, like, but basically, you know, I was, I was, I went to that record shop to go, go buy some weed. I mean, <laughs> as a kid, and I was like, yeah, I, I want to get some weed, man. Like, I, I was asking some of the peoples, they were like, yeah, where's a good place to buy some weed? And, you know. It's like, yo, go check out that record shop. And then I went to that record shop and, you know, they used to have a lot of cassette tapes as well. So I used to go buy a cassette tape and the weed, right? So going there for like a couple of times and like, uh, you know, I started to, you know, have a conversation with the, with the guy in the, the record store. I was like, yo, I do a song system and, you know, I want to go vice the dub plate, man. I want to vice Nicodemus. Do you know a guy like, you know, has a connection to it? And he was like... <laughs> Yo, I know a DJ named Reverend Badu, man. He's my bridging. So I'll, I'll hook you up. And he called Badu at that spot. And then I spoke with him and I was like, yo, I want to advise Nicodemus, man. And then and then he was like, yeah, I'll hook you up, man. Just come come, come to this studio. He gave me the address and all that. And that's how I advised my first double, Reverend Badu and Nicodemus. What was that experience like now voicing your first dub? Did you even know what you're doing, picking rhythms? And did you know what to expect? Nah, man. Hell fucking no. A kid from Japan, 17 year old, first time experience Brooklyn. And, you know, but it was a, it, it was a, it was an enlightening moment, man. You know, being yourself as a soul man, you know, we didn't have really have a sound system yet, but like, you know, building up you know going up that ladder and then the first dub play experience was like it was it was a moment where you know because it's it's nicodemus one of my favorite fucking artists right you know listening the cassette tapes and then i'm like yo this is the fucking guy i was listening to on the cassette tape and this is the real fucking man right here in front of me <laughs> And then I'm like, and then, and he's, he's saying, yo, big old mighty crown. I'm like, Buckler, man, just a mighty crown, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that feeling was like, oh man. Mm -hmm. 
And then, like, you know, uh, another great, great part was, like, after voicing the dub plate, right? Um, those were the days, like, you record on a cassette tape, on a high-bias cassette tape. Mm -hmm. That was the master tape, right? So I was so stupid. I was so excited, right? You know, I... I, I uh, I um, went to cut a dub plate, and after I cut the dub plate, I was so, so fucking excited the whole day after voicing the dub plate, right? Mm -hmm. Going back to the yard, like, I was listening to the my dub plate with the master tape mm -hmm. without, you know, I should, uh, you know, duplicate that cassette tape. Mm -hmm. But I was listening to that master tape over and over and over, like, like basically mushing up my master tape. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Even that, how did you guys name, come up with the name Mikey Crow? And how did you get your name, Sammy T? Um, well, um, Sammy T, Sammy is my real name. So, you know, mm -hmm. and T, I kind of add T, um, my family name is called Tay, so you know I kind of had the T already, but T was more like as in turntable, like like technician, you know, like that kind of vibe there. So, so that's how I got my name Summit T, and Mighty Chrome. Um, before Mighty Chrome, like our crew was somebody. In, um, had a name called um, Super Lovers. And I was like, what kind of fucker name that? Like, you know what I mean? I mean, Super super Lovers. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, nothing connect. Like, it wasn't me who was actually named that name, but we were just, yeah. we just wanted a name, like, as a crew. And then, but in Japanese, it, you say Super Lovers, and it kind of sounded cool, but it's, but when, well, you, when you said when it in English, in English, yo, like NASA, you you, you could have get a gunshot for that blood. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you know, I didn't. We didn't really pre about name at that time. Like you know, we just you know a bunch of kids you know hanging around together, they love music, you know, playing records and start buying forty, start buying forty fives and stuff, and you know, gathering as a group and you know playing like these records was like more the interesting part so we didn't really care about the name but like i come up like like yo we need to change this fucking name man <laughs> yeah, yo yo no man this this shit ain't this shit ain't right and then you know listening to all the lana set tapes and they used to have a song named turbo crone mm -hmm. in uh, uh in countries like one of them country there mm -hmm. yeah and then yo back in the days right like the um the cassette tape is duplicated and duplicated and duplicated. So it's not the master, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's it's about ten times already duplicated by the time it reached Japan. So when I first listened to the Turbocron cassette tape, right? Like listen to the, like this song, it was so fast. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not on the normal speed, like, because of the duplicate, you know, duplicate, duplicate. So, yo, like, you hear the intro, like, I think it's normally it would be, like, about, yo, big up the Turbo Crown crew, big up yourself. 
But when you listen to the cassette already, by the time it reached Japan, it's like, yo, big up the Turbo Sound crew, yo, big up yourself, mm -hmm. like fast like that. You know what I mean? So I thought Turbo Crawl was named because, you know, the cassette tape was so fast already. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that's why they named Turbo, you know. <laughs> okay, but then, like, you know, the word crone kind of stuck with us already, like, at that time. Mm -hmm. It was like, yo, crone, crone is a good name, like, you know what I mean? So we needed something to add up with crone, like, you know, um, yo, crone is good, you know, but we, I want to use crone, but we had crone first, and then one, one, like, you know, so what, what kind of crone, like, you know, um, we we were going through like and I, I went through like an album one mm -hmm. of the one of the, I think it was a Junior Reed album and then I was listening looking to the um the album jacket right album cover and then I was like okay so it says like special thanks to Almighty Father uh, Ray 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 you know bigging up all the people who was involved in the um, the album but like the word Almighty struck me. And I was like, yo, the word almighty, mighty, yo. And I was like, mighty crown, sign that kind of song, wicked, you know. And then I, I, I was, I said, yo, how about mighty crown? And the whole crew was like, yo, that bad. That sounds right. And that's yeah. how, that's, that's how it became mighty crown. It's always interesting because, again, we hear the name, we see you guys on stage, we see you doing all this stuff here. We know the name, but a lot of people have no clue how you even came up with these names in the first mm -hmm. place. Yeah, true, man, true, man. Yeah, so that's how we kind of came up with the name. And then, and the name really, like, like going along, and I really, really think, like, your name, naming your sound was very important because... Mm -hmm. Mighty crown really is like mighty where the crown, you know? So it's really outstanding, you know. Every man has a crown, you know what I mean? And it's mighty, mighty where the crown. Yeah, it's a very powerful name, I believe, like, you know. And I'm glad, like, it wasn't Super Lovers, man. <laughs> we probably wouldn't last long if it was Super Lovers song, you know. Rest, yeah. re it, it would probably be like you know probably not the first or the second yeah you're rest in peace super lover son you're fucking dead you know you don't belong here get the fuck out <laughs> that would be so easy to card but i could see them carding you from no till a morning with that name there in song clash bro you're what dead. you're yeah, dead man. there's no chance of even surviving one round i think mm -hmm. you're dead there, so you cut your the Nicodemus, the Reverend Badu, and everything. You brought it back to Japan. So then now you have this dub plate. Did you guys start juggling or clashing? What was the move in Japan at that time there? Um, yeah, we basically, you know, keeping our own party, you know what I mean? Like basically a mighty crown, uh, mighty crown show, basically juggling. But mm -hmm. but we started clashing, like, you know, because we knew the clashing shit from the cassette tape. Like, you know, mm -hmm. um, you used to, you know, listen to these cassette Jaro versus Ray, you know, like basically two soul system in one cassette tape. Like, you know, listening to the, those back in the you know, cassette days, cassette tape days. And then, um, yeah, so like we used to like clash as well, um, like the local souls, like others, other Japanese souls, like in, in Japan, 
who had their own crew. And then so we basically started, you know, doing one and two clashes locally, you know, and then start beat them up one by one. And then basically like like we keep we used to keep a party and then basically, you know, playing these duplate and stuff like that in a juggling dance. And the reaction was like I felt that like the reaction with the people, like people listening to a you know, a duplate and hearing the word mighty crown coming from an artist, people was like, Wow, what the fuck was that? Like, you know. <laughs> At that yeah. point. So even with the clashes, did you guys ever clash your sound name Judgment? Because that was the first Japanese sound I remember hearing about. Mm-hmm. Um, so Judgment, yeah, we 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 clashed them um, um, in I think back in '96 or seven. Mm-hmm. They used to live in Jamaica. They used to own a, a record um, shop in Japan, and then back in the days, record used to sell. You know. Mm-hmm. So they used to have an office in Jamaica as well, you know. They were they were doing big. So and and then they they I think Chupa used to um take care of them, like carry them around, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so I think they was a good friend with Chupa. And I remember like Judgment. So they used to start playing in Jamaica. So that's how, you know, people probably know about judgment first them time the mighty crown name local yet not mm-hmm. not at all not at all because yeah until 99 people really didn't even know about mighty crown it was judgment like from 97 98 but mm-hmm. around 97 like we clashed them in japan and beat them up too you know you guys won that clash yeah we won that clash but like you know in if in freedom turf like different countries, a different tone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we never really clashed in my hometown because I don't know why. It's just yeah. always a away game, not home game, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we beat them up and then, you know, com- coming up the ladder now, you know, clashing all of the sounds now in Japan, like mm-hmm. beat uh, beat them one by mm-hmm. one. And then, like, I think in 99, like, you know, some of, like, other songs, other top songs in Japan, mm-hmm. there was, like, yo, so who are the number one kind of vibe, you know? Who, there there was a, like, um, there's a song named, well, Taxi Hi-Fi is one of the songs. And then the other I remember song, Red Spider and these songs are from back then. Yeah. But Red Spider wasn't really clashing, though, like, you know. They was there, but like they wasn't really clashing at that time. And then there was also a song named Tokiwa, which was like a whole big crew with like artists and the, their name used to ring in Japan. And so it was like, yo, who are the number one kind of clash? And we beat them. <laughs> we we basically beat every song in Japan and was like, yo, all right, now it's time for us to, you know, go a foreign and challenge a foreign clash. Mm-hmm. So that's how we kind of started. Well, basically, we started clashing in 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 like um, New York and other places besides Japan from '99. Our first clash was '97, though, in 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 Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, we used to clash a song named Legacy Song, like in in Boston, and then we beat them too, mm-hmm. uh, because people never expect a Japanese to play duplate and you know. 
and cussing bad words. Yeah. That was your your claim to fame: the bad dubs and the cussing bad words. <laughs> yeah, I still remember that clash though, like back in '97, and you know, because we it's the first time we going to Boston, and we 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 was um, booked as a juggling date, right? Mm-hmm. It was booked as a juggling date, and by the time we reached venue, because first time we go into Boston, and we we kind of reached late, um, driving from New York, and then, and then like the Salman right Legacy you was like, yo, Mister Chin, on a come bomba club Boston later, and wanna disrespect the people and real like man start flip up and we you know this is yeah. the first time we go into Boston, we don't even really know about clashing and stuff and. Man wanted to kill Mighty Girl so bad before our name are ringing up. But then, like, man, start flip up and we, while we are carrying the dub plate going, going towards the stage, right? He's like, yo, Mr. Chin, you're dead. And then man start playing like yellow man say, yo, Mr. Chin, hey, do the right thing, Mr. Chin. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here, man? So by the time I reached the stage, it was like a clash vibe. And then, you know, it was like, all right. And then we started playing some, you know, we we only had like um like very few dub played at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you used to have that container like box, the record dub plate box. Of course, there was either the ones that came the white box, the, the yeah, transport yeah, box. Yeah. Yeah, Transco yes, box. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we only had like maybe one of that shit, like one or two of them, mm-hmm. right? Which is not much, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like twenty five plates for. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. that's the amount of the 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 um amount of dope we have. But like, Legacy didn't really have no dope at all, mm-hmm. right? But he was running off his mouth, you know, playing other hot songs them, and you know. I remember like playing a um Anthony B song, which is not even a really big song, you know. Mm-hmm. But but the song goes like hype them I true mighty girl in a pop off them strive and then and then that that song had like um f- calling names like Jaro, Stone Love, all the big song names. Okay. It's called, you know, in in the in a diverse part, right? Mm-hmm. But then we're not clashing Jaro or none of these big songs then at that time. Mm-hmm. So when I play that song and and then I pull up the song and yo, yo, pussy, you know why your name never call in at the dub plate? Because you're bumbo class, second class. Move your bumbo class and get that rust forward. <laughs> People was like, what the fuck? This is <laughs> You know, this is the first time people watching the Japanese kid, you know what I mean? Like, um, playing dub plate and cussing Bodwell. Yo, legacy son, you know why your son, son name not calling on the dub plate? Because you're second class. Move your bum and your whole place lift up. And yeah, that was it, man. It was a rap for them. I'm like, people was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, the, the dance wasn't really packed, but it had a vibe, you know what I mean? Because that was 98, because I know another 98 dance you guys did right before you guys got to World Clash, I think it was. Uh, yeah. Was the what was the hardcore foundation clash, I think, with Downbeat. Yeah, Downbeat and Saxon. Yeah. Yes. Coxon. Yeah. Um, yeah, Coxon song. So, um, yeah, so, and, and that was really, um, it was kind of hard. Yo, but you, you know, like, 
when it comes to deep box, you can't be in dumb beat. You know what I mean? Don't be boxed too deep, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, but the way how we won that clash, it was only strictly 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know. You can't, I think it was, yeah, up to 90s. Yeah, I don't think you were able to play, um, well, that was like 99. So I think it was up to, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But it was only foundation, like, you know, no new tune can play kind of vibe there, right? But, mm -hmm. Um, don't be went too deep with his dope box, and people couldn't really, I think, you know, really connect with the songs. Then, mm -hmm. so we play more like um the popular foundation songs. Then, I mean, where people can really like people know kind of vibe there. You know what I mean? The Rankin Joes and the Nick like uh, yeah, and yeah, the Sammy so, Dreads and those type of stuff there. Courtney Melody and you know mm -hmm. other song there where people kind of um you know. No, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, like the, um, not like the Don Angelo or, you know what I mean? Like, them, them, some of them sung, they're like, mm -hmm. that's too deep, you know what I mean? <laughs> Only like, maybe like the song might be like, yo, that mm -hmm. song be bad. But mm -hmm. like the people in general probably was like, yo, man, I know that song there. Mm -hmm. So that's how we kind of, you know, won, won that clash still. But like at the same time, and now like, you know, like it was the first time, you know, people seeing a Japanese, you were playing all these foundation dub and they were surprised, man. I'm like, yo, that you, they know the songs them, you know. So, and then plus we were, you know, cussing the bad word them, you know, because we like the whole, um, you know, the, the Patwa language, you know. <laughs> Bumbuklat and all these words, which we even know it was a cussing word like back in the days. <laughs> Yo, all right, back, back in the days, you used to call like, you know, like like an idiot DJ, a DBDB DJ, right? DBDB, mm -hmm. the way how it sound was like so fascinating. I thought it was another ailing of a uh, way of, you know, it was basically a big enough artist. <laughs> <laughs> So when you when you see when you see an artist like yo the artist DBDB you know yo like meaning like <laughs> in our art we believe say it's a it's a, up. it's a big yeah. up yeah it's a big up it's a, you feel say yo he's a bad artist you know like kind of vibe there but we we're like yo that artist a DBDB yo DBDB DJ come here <laughs> <laughs> I remember Cutty Ranks had the song DBDB DJ, DJ so yeah. in your mind. You're thinking that it's a it's a big up at that time. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, DBDB DJ, the way how it sounds, the words like DBDB, Bomboclat, and yo, know, these words was just like the the punch where you when you listen to the words, man. You, you mm -hmm. as a kid in Japan, you just feel the energy of the word, but you never feel say it's like a fuck you kind of word. You know what I mean? You didn't get it. So yeah, I didn't guys... get it at all, man. But, but I saw it go on. For sure. So you guys won the, the hardcore dance. You guys beat up Legacy then now. So then how do you guys end up in World Clash 99? Because this is now the big leagues. You've been listening to Jaros. You've been listening to the Bass Odysseys uh -huh. and the Matra. But now you're in the arena with them. How mm. did that come up now? Um, yeah, so, um, because of the, the, the vintage clash and, and, um, we had a clash before as well, um, with BS Odyssey and Coxon, 
Well, dance kind of flat, but like, you know, it was a, it was a, I think the cassette circulates still. And then, and then I think, um, Irish and Chin keep those dances them too, you know, mm. but we never really team up at, at that time. Right. We didn't know them. And then for the word clash, Irish and Chin was discovering, uh, you know, because it need word clash, you know, they wanted like a, some international kind of look. Right. I think. So they were searching for um, some song from different parts of the world. And then, and then Judgment was in the name, you know, was called already. You know what I mean? As you said, like, you knew about Judgment. So people kind of knew about Judgment song from Japan. Mm-hmm. And then Chin, I heard this from Chin, but he, he I heard, like, he, you know, was going to go with Judgment first. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but then we used to base in New York back in the days, like until 90, you know, 99, whatever, before work clash, right? We always were in the streets of Brooklyn. So people kind of in Brooklyn knew about us, mm-hmm. a Japanese youth and playing sound like from Japan. And they knew about Mighty Crown. If you were in Brooklyn, like, you know, because I was always around there. Yeah. So one of the cassette man in, in, this is what I heard. One of the cassette man from um, Brooklyn was like, so, you know, Chin was looking for another song and he was going to go for judgment. Like, you know, but then one of the, one of the cassette man from Brooklyn was like, yo, you got to go with Mighty Crown. Yo, them you, they are bad. Like, you know, so I don't know which song man who, who that is, but I got to big him up because he, he, he recommend Mighty Crown for we. And then, and then, you know, Chin was like, all right, let, you know, let's try Mighty Crown then, you know. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to have a Japanese sonar, you know, one of them foreign songs to get involved. So, you know, he has a look with, you know, Japan flag, Jamaica mm-hmm. flag, U.S. flag, you know, because we're talking about, you know, Mataran, you know, just gone solo on Inaim Prime. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then Jar Trupa. Kilimanjaro with Chupa. Mm. You know what I mean? And then, you know, it was supposed to be Base Odyssey, but um, we didn't know that Base Odyssey wasn't going to be there till we reached the venue because because of the visa issue or one of them thing. Mm. Yeah, so nobody fucking cared about Mighty Crown, but it was like, yo, all right, Mighty Crown, who the fuck are these kids? Like, you know, nobody was so definitely an underdog. Mm-hmm. nobody fucking expected us, you know, basically like going up to, towards the stage again, mm-hmm. we carrying the dub box and then, you know, the Brooklyn used them rough, you know, yes. they'd be like tapping you like, yo, Japanese boy, you got dead tonight, you know, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, the, yeah, in, in Brooklyn, it was rough, man. In that neighborhood, like, you know, being there, you know, as a Japanese kid, and the people are like, yo, Japanese, y'all got dead tonight. Yo, Jara, I got slew or no? Like, them kind of vibe that before you go up there, you know, people's like, yo, Japanese, yo, you can't speak? You can't chat patois? Like, them kind of vibe there, you know? Yeah, the, they, they, they learned they, that they, night. Yeah, they never expect me to talk first, and then they never expect us to, you know, play these songs, and then that was, I guess, like, you know, 
I, I guess I could say a history in the making, like, you know, in, in the sound system arena, because nobody expect us to play those dubs. Nobody expect us to play, you know, chat patois. So when we up there, yo, big up all of the Brooklyn, New York gang, yo, Bronx, Queens, like, people's like, from Buckland, you have chat patois, like, <laughs> Yo, we're not afraid of the blood clad jar of matter and now. We'll play some tune and murder your blood. Clad people are like, what about clad? And now people's like, all right, now you, you can talk now. Let's see what kind of tune you are playing now. And we started playing some tune, Macau. You know, and them, them time they're like bug ready, man. You know, them kind of song was the hot song, them. And, and, and we, we flip it and chase vampire ready, man. Yeah, it was um, definitely history in the making, and then, and then, yeah. Did I you end, did you end up going to Jamaica to cut dubs that time there, or you didn't end, or you didn't touch Jamaica yet? Oh yeah, long time. We touched Jamaica from '93. From '93, you were in Jamaica. Yeah, like we started cutting dubs and stuff, like from '93. Every year we we, we go. You know, we we do our work, you know, collect the money and then go to Jamaica, just go vice. Mm -hmm. And then back in the days, our name never really called up yet, right? Mm -hmm. So people people didn't even know, like, you know, it was a Japanese song until they see us. I remember one time Junior Cat tell me, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I wanted to vice Junior Cat, right? So I got the number, I called him while, while I was in Jamaica and then you know, and then, you know, you negotiate with the artist, like, yo, Bredshin, me only have this amount of money, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, more than two songs, you know, I'm like, what is our name? Yeah, Mighty Crown, we name, you know, so, all right, youth. I mean, do that, I mean, do it feel, man, right? And then Junior Cat was like, yo, which part are you there? So I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, so me there. I think I was in Constant Spring or somewhere. Like, yeah, I Constant Spring me there, you know. So, all right, may I come forward and come pick you up right now? And we can go to the studio straight. And then, so he come, yo, me there. And so when I went outside and when him see me, you know, he was like, Mama Clara, you Japanese? <laughs> He's like, yo, you Japanese? I'm like, yeah. Are you the on the phone? I'm like, yeah. Bomba clad, pussy clad, you tricked me. I'm like, I was like, no, I didn't trick you. I was just speaking patois, you know, <laughs> negotiating with you. So I remember, like, he was like, bomba clad. But he was so surprised, like, you know, mm -hmm. and then we don't make a deal already, you know, we don't negotiate on the phone. And, you know, this amount of fool me, I feel, I'm like, one, two song. I'm like, yo, all right, me do it feel, you know. But once him see me, you know, he was like, yo, blood club if I pay more money, you know. <laughs> you, you, were, you were supposed to get the Japanese tax, but you didn't yeah, get Yeah, man. That. I was like, yo, well, that's fuckery still, you know, to me. Like, the fuck is Japanese tax, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, whether Japanese or European or Jamaican, you know, I don't know if, don't know, if you know, have the same set price, man. Nah, Stop bro, watching me skin color and blood clot charge me more, man. <laughs> I fuck with that, man. I like. I want to tell you this, man. That's a fuck with, you know, thing, you know, in the industry, you know. When once you know, say, we are Japanese, you are, you are charged more money. No, man. Come on, man. Japanese, you have, you know, is a lot of Japanese, you don't have money too. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone have money. 
You know what I mean? Like before our name call, you know, start, you know, Mighty Crown name start called after work clash. Mm-hmm. It was a different, different um, game again in the industry. But before, like, you know, we's a youth who trying to climb up the ladder. You're trying to be one of the big songs then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as I say, you, like, we, it's not like we, we fucking rich, you know. You, which is a Japanese you trying to do a bit of sound system and you know it's a struggle too so yeah don't fucking tax me too much man about Japanese tax and then bumba clad <laughs> uh, you, you gotta send on the tax bro yeah, you, you, man. you know the game bro you know yeah, how man. the game works All no right, but so it's stop. yeah it's it's fuckery because let me get this clear still it's fuckery mm-hmm. if you charge extra because we need mighty crown you know just mm-hmm. because we are big sub Right? Because what I can see, once your vice in Mighty Crown, it's gonna be like 10, 20 songs who are gonna want for vice that same fucking dub plate. We've been doing that shit. You know what I mean? Like once I I still remember vicing um um we won the dub plate, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And we wrote the whole lyrics. Mm. Um I remember, like, nobody's calling your name. Basically, a counteraction. The counteract the, the base Odyssey truth. Yeah, base Odyssey song, mm-hmm. right? And I counteract it, like, nobody's calling your name. And that became one of our, you know, true name. Me, yo, we fucking wrote that song. And then nobody had it, right? But then after... I hear like other songs like playing, start playing that same fucking lyrics. I'm like, yo, that's my fucking lyrics, man. But then like we kind of realized how powerful we was in the business. Like, you know, mm-hmm. after that, I still remember like voicing uh, a customized dub with Bone Tequila. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Bonte at first was like, nah, man. Yo, we're not doing them. We're not doing them something there. Mm-hmm. Right? But like, you know, we beg, we beg Killab, like, yo, Killab, I need the lyrics like this, man. Trust me, this is going to work, man. And then once Killab hear that song, you know, getting a rasp forward in the one I work last in Jamaica, mm-hmm. I think it was like, this is a one of them trophy, like, you know, so one of them customized song, man. Mm-hmm. But after that, Killab was like, yo, yo, that song, the bad, yo, yo. So what kind of lyrics do you have now, you know? <laughs> The whole thing switch up like once yeah. once we were you know because we were the customized fucking kings man yeah and no, it comes you, to guys, play. you guys definitely when it came to you'd hear custom before you know but mm-hmm. you guys took it to a completely different level where it was almost at one point it almost became almost overbearing because what mikey Kong is going to come and play is one bag of custom so it's like See. you almost don't even know what you're going to play in a next dance, because you guys didn't really get the anthems yet. You guys mm-hmm. were custom kings at this time. Yeah. Like one one thing like people are saying, like, we don't really have the anthems, you know. Maybe like maybe few anthems would be like maybe like the Nicodemus Ranking Joe or or mm-hmm. like Courtney Melody, Ninja Me Ninja, because you know, that's like the signature, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we didn't really have no anthem song where people are saying, yeah, that's Mighty Crown anthem song, like the BS Odyssey or, or Jaro or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, or Panta, you know what I mean? But 
But definitely, yeah. So people was like, we were always like an element of surprising I dance. People was like, yo, we don't know what kind of song the Japanese youth are coming and play this time. So we kind of brought that kind of excitement as well. You know what I mean? That I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So even when, okay, so you guys, 199, you guys are doing good. When was that? Because remember, you guys won the vintage class. You guys won world class. Where was the first time now where you guys freaking bucked up somebody and dead because you guys were so hot where was the first time you got that kill um first time first time i got killed was from um radigan you know radigan yeah man david radigan like after work clash mm -hmm. i think it was the first clash after work clash in connecticut mm -hmm. in, in, and it was um i would even say you know you know i got beaten from um um, Rodigan. I got beaten from Wycliffe <laughs> because hear the story, right? So mm -hmm. it was a good dance, like Rodigan versus Mighty Crown, first time book up a Connecticut. And then Roddy was playing hard and Mighty Crown was going hard, you know. And then first round, second round, third round was really nice. Like, you know, it was the vibe in I dance, you know. Mm -hmm. But then I think it was like, Fourth round, like this is the longest chung for tune I ever did in my history, like in my life. I don't even know how much tunes mm -hmm. I I played. Like it was more than maybe fifteen songs, maybe more. Like we were playing tune for tune, like back and back, like. And then at the end of the dance, right, nearly at coming towards the end of the dance, when when, when the chung for tune start, right. Mm -hmm. Um. Wycliffe came to the dance. And then Wycliffe had a biggest tune, Billboard number one song at that time with Carlos Santana. Mm -hmm. um, product G GB, right? Uh, and then it was a song called Maria Maria, number one song on Billboard. And then I didn't even know that song at that time. Because I wasn't really, you know, really um, pre on hip-hop or R&B at that time. I was mm -hmm. so focused on reggae and dancer, right? But then Wycliffe stepped in and that alone getting forward in you know, and I dance. And then the man gave the dub plate to Radigan. Mm. And he was like, yo, because they they had a relationship already, you know, like because uh, you know, BBC or one I don't know. But then Radigan knew Wycliffe, Wycliffe knew Radigan. Um I know, I obviously know who Wycliffe is, but you know, Wycliffe probably never know about Mighty Crown yet. So at that time, man just give the dub play to Radigan and like, yo, he was like, yo, play the first song. Mm -hmm. Once that tune come on, it was a rap. Like, no, not even, no matter how bad I played after that, it was no coming back with that shit. Like, that was it. It was a rap. Like the way old place lift up, it was like, yo, dance done. And that was the first, you know, kill I get after. But then like why could probably felt bad, you know, because he only gave up to Radiga, right? So mm -hmm. after the dance, then he came up to me and was like, yo, I'm a big fan. I'm like, yo, Bomba Cloud, you give Radigan the dope plate and uh, you know, give me none. Yo, mm -hmm. idiot thing that. So he probably felt bad, right? So he's like, yo, so Sammy, give me your number. Like, you know, we exchanged number. Like he was like, yo, come to the studio. 
Mm-hmm. And he, them time that, you know, Wyclef run the place, you know, him, 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 him live in a studio, basically. Mm-hmm. Him have this studio for like, like, you know, the biggest studio in New York City. He used to have it like for a month or two, like, you know, recording the album and stuff. So mm-hmm. somebody invited me and then, you know, from there I was like, yo, Gumbo Cloud, I'm in, in Wycliffe studio right now. <laughs> yeah, this is fucking crazy, man. Like, you know, and then he was like, yo, he's a big fan of soul system culture, soul clash culture, you For know sure. what I mean? So, so he was like, yo, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you some dub plate. And then I had a rematch with Radigan, maybe like five months after that mm-hmm. in Amazura. And then, and then now I'm the one who's playing Wycliffe towards him. So, yo, Roddy was pissed, man. Roddy Gun was like, I saw him fierce. I'm like, screw up, like, Bumba Glad, you have that song now. Like, <laughs> like, how did you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy, man. Yeah. I was speaking to Tarantula and he said to me, okay, you see how Radigan got that dub? And that was what killed you? Tarantula told me that you you and Poisoner were playing. The dance was going on good neck to neck to neck to neck. Yeah, and yeah. You see, when you guys went and go draft for that Wyclef, it was a rap. <laughs> rap. Rap from there. Yeah, because I had a, a, a custom dub with 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 with, with uh I I I made um Wycliffe do a, a customized fit, poison that. Right? But then the that poison that doublet was um I don't know, maybe it was originally for Maybe the the song from Antigua. Maybe I'm not sure. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it was um, Poison Dot from F- Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had we had we had that dub already for Wycliffe. So yeah, yeah, that was like, and it was customized. That's why like you know, it get it it, it got an extra mile. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. Tourette yeah, was said the forward came from the back and it just built up, built up, built up, <laughs> and just spilled on the stage. And that was a rap. Yeah, yeah, I still remember that. That was one of the really like nice clashes still, man. I like, mm-hmm. you know, Pison that I wore like fucking song then. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, yeah, guy, wicked. All right, yeah, another man. world clash, a name that you brought up, Bounty Killer. This is the 2001 world clash you was hosting, yeah. Okay, this is where the now the controversy starts with Mighty Crow. Where <laughs> tell me what you remember about that crash there? Um, the 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 one the one we 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 um lead the whole fucking dance that night. You know, we we were we were like we were having like basically see right round yo. We were we were about to win, and I thought I won, man, because. Mm-hmm. The way I, you know, you could tell, you know what I mean? And I dance and you see the vibe and like, yo, I'm going to win this, you know. But then, you know, the tune for tune, no. And then it was a, uh, what I remember, right? Um, Bone Tequila was drunk. Mm. We can talk about this, you no, know, because me and Killer are friends, no, you know what I mean? For like, sure. the, the, the beef is over. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, um, he probably has his own point of view, but my from from my point of view, I was like, "Yo, kill a junk, you know." And him said something about, "Yo, don't make the Japanese take over the business or some shit like that." Him said that shit, right? So, on the mic, yeah, on the mic. So, and then you know, we were leading, but the, the whole vibe kind of switched because you know, when the warlords say that, people's gonna go for that. You know what I mean? And then. 
So when the dance done, they gave the trophy to BSIC. Yeah, we were like, well, Moklad, yo. But at the time, we were like still young at the game. So, you know, we didn't, I didn't have no bad feelings. I was like, oh, shit, man. We nearly won, but we lost. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's whatever. It's not just, a, you know, one work class. We try to, you know, win the next one again, you know, kind of vibed it. But the street was talking itself. People was like, Bumbo Clad, yo, Killer shit. I never said that, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, because it looked bad, you know what I mean? For the in the in the industry, like you know, coming from Bone Tequila saying that shit was like, nah man, yo, yo, you name general, you know, you are warla, you should have keep it like. But then people was like, you know, nah man, yo, you shouldn't say that shit kind of vibe there. And then and then we didn't have no fucking feelings that about that shit. But then, you know, there was people talking about it, you know. Mm -hmm. And then the word got to killer and then and then, you know, um, obviously a lot of Japanese soul wasn't feeling good about it neither. You know what I mean? Like, and yo, and, and then, you know, the street was like, yo, Bomokla, Killer, give away the, the, the trophy to BSRDC, you know? And that was, you know, kind of the word in the streets. And then we were like, but we were like, really, yo, whatever, man, next clash, you know what I mean? But then street was talking. You know, the sometime, you know, the street talk is really powerful, man. For sure. And then and then at the at that time, like, and um, you know, a lot of Japanese saw like uh, we didn't say nothing, you know. Mm -hmm. Right? But then um I remember like a lot of Japanese saw stopped vicing Bonte Kilafia. Why? Mm -hmm. Right? And he thought like, you know, we told all the Japanese because you know we we powerful like that you know but like but we never said nothing to the japanese sonen like we never pre something like that you know what i mean so killer thought like i fucking told all the japanese something like yo stop vice killer because you know not no go so you know i didn't even say a word to none of these soulman then mm -hmm. you know we, we we might have a conversation one and two with the one and two soulman from japan but like yo dog yeah, it is what it is, but yo, Killer said this, man. They kind of fuck up still, man. I lie. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, so then Killer, Killer feel away now because dog plate money now come in, you know, and him feel say we are blocking food. Mm -hmm. But then, not not gossip. We didn't say shit. Like it was just these some on them, you know, making a decision on them on themselves mm -hmm. due to Killer's act, right? But then, yeah, so that's how kind of, you know, the beef start. Like, Killer was like, yo, that pussy Japanese boy, they block me food and this and like, you know. And we were like, I'm a clad, man. Because them time that you need Killer for advice, you know what I mean? For sure. But weren't you guys basically like on a campaign to almost like a, a campaign against Killer at one time yeah. for a couple of Hell months? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah because like, you know, we trying to vice killer. killer. Killer don't want vice it for my take. So I'm like, yo, you know what? I'm going I'm to survive with all these clashes without new killer them. Mm -hmm. So, but there's a lot of bad artists in the industry. So you can, you can kind of grow on it. You know what I mean? So I, I was playing like a lot of other artists without playing kind of killer. You know, the dance like, yo, look at my song. Me can, me can survive without playing killer kind of vibe there at that time. And, 
And the beef was going on for like maybe like nearly like ten years or something, man. Like we like maybe like like seven or eight years. Okay. So you know, you know, we we, we probably were young at that time as well. You know, Kila was young, we were young. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So and how did you guys mend that fence there and say, okay, you know what? Bygones be guy bygones. Let's move forward. Um, I gotta say, I gotta say enough respect to Alliance for that shit, man. Like man, like Bling Dog, like Wayne Marshall, um, them man, they kind of because we had the relationship with all the other artists, right? Mm-hmm. And then everybody, obviously, we in the industry, and you know, people kind of know like how we stay, you know. And then like, like I heard like Bling Dog, and you know. Um, we in Marshall, the rest of the man them from Alliance was like, yo, free up the youth, man. Them youth, they are good youth, man. Like, them not carry no really, you know, MBR, grudge, or none of them something there. You know? So they were like, yo, free up the Japanese youth, man. Because we were trying to approach Killer like a couple other times after good, good years, you know, about make okay. after good seven, eight years, we were like, yo, Killer, free up the thing, no, man. We still want vice to songs there, man, you know? Yeah. And then, so Alliance crew was like, yo, g- yo, give the youth them a chance, man. Give the youth them a dub plate, and yeah. Because, yeah, it was all that at that moment, you know what I mean? When he said that word, and, you know, it kind of looked fuck up for killer, and, you know, in the day, back in the day, but like, yeah, but it kind of, like, I learned a lot from that too, you know what I mean? It was interesting as well, you know what I mean? Like, you know. For sure, it's one it, of those it kind of get, yeah, yeah. It was like it was a it was a chat boat. It definitely in the, in the industry, like yo, blood clot, Japanese dude, yo, you know, say you know the killer of a song dissing dissing me. What there's a, I I listened to a one forty five, you know, it's like 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 Samiti, and I was like so surprised. I was like, Bombo club, my name a call on a forty five. I feel I feel great, man. Like I really felt great. I was like, yo, I never felt bad at all. I was like, yo, look how powerful me. I didn't realize. Like, I really realized at that moment, like, yo, me a powerful youth, you know. Bon the killer calling name. My summity name in I in a in a 45. I'm like, Bomba Cloud, yo. Big. <laughs> because even when you you guys went through that and everything now I know you guys were back and forth you guys were playing in Jamaica and stuff but when you guys got your big break in Jamaica I think mm-hmm. was two, World Clash 2007 yeah walk us through that what was that like now actually winning in Jamaica now oh man that was a great moment great feeling like it, it was like one of the another gate open kind of mm-hmm. vibe for me because you know Jamaica people is a people where, you know, they never give up. They love them country. You know what I mean? Them, them, you know, have so much pride in, in them stuff, and, which I really respect it. Like, but same thing. I know like that the island vibe because Japanese mm-hmm. are island as well. And, you know, sure. yeah, you, you have your pride and, you know, and then basically it was like Jamaica kind of free me up. Hmm. kind of vibe there i'm like yeah yeah man jamaica kind finally free me up man 2007 because we've been clashing in jamaica since 2000 or 2001 every year we are playing jamaica and you know bring the excitement to the people you know what i mean 
So, you know, you know, and we always, um, most of the time, maybe like 90% of the time, mm -hmm. always end up in the finals. Mm -hmm. And then at the, at the end of the day, like, even in the crowd, like some of the Jamaican youth them will come up to me and be like, yo, oh no, oh, yo, Japanese, yo, you're bad enough. But now, nah, like, you take that dance tonight, you know, but we're not giving the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, uh, such a way guys there. Uh -huh. Oh, Lord, God, yo, this, this <laughs> island is easy, man. But then we, we, we show our love and we never give up. And, you know, that was a year, like, you know, yo, and I, I kind of, Use the sites as well. I'll be like, yo, people, Jamaica, you know, every year we are come and represent and you we do good and you know what I mean we, we we come for play the tuning for the people and come for entertain. And my year this man, I don't know if you free me up, man. Come on, man. And people was like, Yeah, man, no, all right, you, you get this one, man. You get it, you yeah. them <laughs> But remember, that was the same year, I think, base had a series going and wicked. That was with Squingy, but Squingy yeah. fell off of yeah. the um the scaffolding yeah. that year. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, man. So that was another year where we you know so much drama, man. Like you know, mm -hmm. so much shit was going on, and yeah. So you know, uh, no Squinji had to you know lead the venue because he fall off of the stage, mm -hmm. and then no, without the um, the the big frontman mm -hmm. gone for BSI's son. Hey, I was like, yo, gotta attack this now. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, you know, me and me and BSI always, you know, going back and forth with it in the, the clashing thing, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it was always excitement with um Squingy them and Mark and you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, so well it's not that was the year, like, you know. I, I remember like I think Dilinji come in and you know. Mm -hmm. Hey, and I tune for tune, yeah, and I tune for tune and say, yo, Japanese line. I'm like, yo, it's, you know, I had every counteraction with that shit, like, at that time, like, and then, yeah. You're and we won. Yeah, we finally mm -hmm. won. So, you know, it was a great, great feeling, man. That was big. I want to bring you to Canada now. This was, we could either go when Dubs did nice or we could go to um tag team. You tell me which one you want. Oh, which which one ever you want, man. Okay. You know what? We're going to go not even tag team. I'm going to go to this historic dance, and I'm going to tell you why it was historic. Okay. was the Mighty Crown, Alexa Supreme, and Rootsman. You remember oh, that dance? okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Definitely. Okay. Why that dance was so historic, this is the first time I've ever heard, and I've never heard it before. The opposite sound play the other sounds dub, and then turn around and counteract what they just played. That was in freaking scene. Now that this is years now, could you please tell us the story how that even happened? How you ended up getting that dope to count the to cut the counteraction to mash up the dance? How did that happen? Um, uh, how did that shit happen? No, um, I remember it was conscience. Mm -hmm. I think it was conscience update and um, one of the engineer, um. I think made a mistake mm -hmm. and then in the dance, like he had to, he happened to play the song or he happened to have, you know, put that song in 
in our shit or some some mystic right mm-hmm. basically happened and it came towards me mm-hmm. and then i had the dub and i was like yo bomba clan imagine i play this shit and you know yo this will fuck up the dance man fuck up for the meds and then and i told conscience i think like at that time right i'm like yo me have this dub you know mm-hmm. and Yo, I'm going to play this shit, man. It's going to get forward, you know what I mean? Like, But it was going to bring a different kind of vibe, you know what I mean? Different kind of heat. Because imagine yourself being the other side of the woman, you know what I mean? Like, you feel fuck up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You feel like, yo. How are you playing my dub? Like, yo, that's a betrayal shit, like, mm-hmm. kind of vibe there, you know what I mean? But, like, um, So I told conscience like yo me have this dub on yo i'm gonna play this shit though and then um i i heard him say yeah man no problem like yeah man okay but it was another miscommunication like he he from from him point of view he never said yeah man like mm-hmm. it was a conversation and like and i thought he said okay mm-hmm. because this is a this is a very I'm sensitive situation, you know what I mean? In sure. this, right? So I'm like, yo, I'm gonna play this song though. That good though. No. I'm like, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. In the in the in the conversation. But he never really said that. That's what he said, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought he said okay. Mm-hmm. That's why I played this song. And then they was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> because that's like, yo. Yo, man. Yeah, man. I mean, we was like, yo, you not have no real things like that shit. Like, you know, you can't brag on boss in that song because we can't talk about all this shit because it's, mm-hmm. you know, shit in the past. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For sure. And then, you know, we, we don't have no feelings against, like, you know, Canadian songs and, you know, because Roosman and, you know, them song there, Alexis Prima, you know, the, the bad sound them in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can't talk about that shit, no. But, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I remember, like, you know, so that's how it kind of happened like you know kind of miscommunication because yo after that conscious was vexed <laughs> me oh, and conscious God. me and conscious did have a vibe you know after that mm. you know for a while like yo bumbo class son me never tell if, yo if you play that fucking song i fuck that like you mm. know i was like but i thought you said okay with that shit like i i mm. i i fucking confirmed that shit and he's like yeah, i never said that shit man come on man you know but I was like, I said, I, I thought you said, okay, man, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck you give me that song then for? You know what I mean? Like, it was like whole, you know, miscommunication kind of shit. But, you know, I took that shit advantage to the fullest, I should say. Because mm-hmm. when we heard you play the Lexa Supreme dub, for a second, it's like the whole dance was confused. We We were looking at each other like, we weren't sure what we're hearing. But then when you turned around and played the counteractional, yeah. that's when that's when we understood what the hell we were really here and what had just <laughs> happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it was it was a moment, man. It was a it was a one of the good moments for Mighty Crown in Canada. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about another big moment for you. This is the when dubs did nice. This is the one where it was you and Poison Dart. Mm-hmm. And super fresh and King Turbo. You remember that dance? 
Um, kind of. Is that the one with with the artist? Them we bring yes, the man. artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where well, we bring Josie, right? No, that I was think... the one you brought, Briggy and and um Johnny Osborne. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another nice dance. Yo, there's so much fucking nice dances in the way you're playing in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Canada's always, you know, been showing love for my decrum and I like, you know, mm-hmm. from day one, from, from, I think it was the first time I went to Canada. It was uh, uh, World Clash Canada. Maybe? Canada World Clash, yes. Right, I, yeah. I, I got a story. You know what? Okay, forget it. Since we're here, I got a story for you for that one there. Mm-hmm. That was a dance where you guys were basically leading that entire dance. But then mm-hmm. Panta, this is mm-hmm. where Panta and his Sykes came in now. Mm-hmm. Panta said, yo, I forgot what it was. If Mighty Crown won three rounds straight, everybody's going to go home. Okay, dance is going to be done, and we're going to go home early. I ain't no Panta now. He said, no way. He took advantage and said, yo, do you guys really want to leave so early? And mm. people said, no. And you see from there, it was strictly... Downhill from my yeah, yeah, Kapanta yeah. Use yeah. the Sykes, I mash you guys up that night there. Yo, experience kill that, kill, kill, kill that, you know, kill my ticker on that night, you know. When I uh, like Panta, Panta was, you know, Panta's been clashing from early 90s, you know. What I mean, mm-hmm. he's one of them man where you know, I've been listening to the cassette tape, and you know, yeah, very impressive, you know. What I mean, like. Especially he's one of the man that we used to cost bad word as well. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 you know. Use the Sykes and you know what I mean? But then, yeah, so it's definitely an experience where, you know, Panther win that dance because we never, we still young them time there, you know. We like maybe like two or three years old since we start Clash, like really since we're Clash 99, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, definitely, you know, I think experience kind of win um Panta that night there. No, Panta no singer. Who would you say would have been your hardest competitor one-on-one? Because a lot of, we know the World Clash 5 songs and all that. But when it uh-huh. came to one-on-one, who was your hardest competitor? Win, lose, or draw? Uh, um, I would say BS Odyssey. Though. I knew you were going to say that. Definitely with Squingy and Mark. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, Mark, has a, Mark is a dangerous one, man, because he know which timing and uh, which when to play them song there. Squingy is, the, of course, the front man, but, like, if it's Squingy and Mark, mm-hmm. that's the time, like, you know, you gotta, yo, you gotta go all out, like, but enemies necessary kind of vibe there, you know what I mean? But at the same time, before Squingy passed away, you know, I remember, like, them telling me, you know, like, yo, you guys are the most... Yo, they always say like, yo, it's so fucking hard to play against Mighty Crow. They said that shit, and I really appreciate, you know, when them say that, because cause they never can expect what we play in a dance. Mm-hmm. They, they always can't, you know, like they say like they could kind of, you know, read like maybe like playing against Black Cat, they know certain songs I go play, like, you know what I mean? Like, but playing against we, like, no, was always like, um, you guys are gonna come with the back, like of yeah, like and then they don't know what kind of song we are gonna play against mm-hmm. them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, always like, you know, I mean, basically, see, probably win like more, more than Mighty Crumb, but we beat them enough time as well. Mm-hmm. I remember one of them dancing with Squinge, you know, in a countryside in a Jamaica, you know, um, it was Mighty Crumb versus BSRC. 
Because I think the cassette and none of these things come up on the road. Okay. It was it was somewhere in Santa Cruz or some like an hour drive from Mobile, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I would play with BS Odyssey and maybe like dance was like maybe like three, four hundred people was dance was like, you know, a little bit not ram, 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 but people did did it. And it was a nice clash, man. Like, yo, we were like nailing BS Odyssey, like First round, second round, and the third round, we beat. We, we were like getting some Ross forward, and you know, Sklingy was like, "Fuck, shit, man! <laughs> Can't believe like them Japanese youth. They are like busting up the place, and they were feeling that shit, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the third round, no, Sklingy, um, fucking start cusp, cusp on the mic, I get bomb Japanese, and at that time. They used to have a restriction like yo, you can't cuss bad word like outside in you know, the in you know, the streets of Jamaica, like when you play sonar, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then and then the officers them start coming, you know, with some rifles and shit. And then they were like this towards the, towards they all stopped the music and we were like, fuck, yo, <laughs> the fuck is going on, man? Yeah. And the dance stopped right there. So so there was no going on um after that we know that the dance done mm. yeah so we were like yo one muck last queen you call the police them you know so you know try to you know <laughs> save him fucking life <laughs> yeah that was one of the dances that like people don't know about it but like we were really giving it to be and BSRC were like was not connecting i yeah. you know that was one of the dances like you know it was like really surprisingly, you know, we were really doing exclusively well mm-hmm. in Jamaica, in Jamaica, in a countryside. And then nobody, you know, expect, you know, Japanese to go on so hard. And, you know, I never felt like, you know, not panicking, but like, you know, they were like confused, man. Like, shit, what are we going to play? Like, you know what I mean? You know, them vibe there, like, you, know, mm-hmm. like, you can't see it, like, you know what I mean? And me and Simon, they play, uh, you know, we were giving it to be a Celeste. And, you know, and then, you know, the police, the peace, the, the officer who was on on duty, on security, mm-hmm. who was the security guy. But then the officer outside came in like, yo, no cost bad, but too much, man. Yo, yo, stop the fucking dance. And mm. one, one gun towards this side, another gun rifle towards this side. And we were like, yo, fuck, no, <laughs> no. Yo, no, it's not in Jamaica. I'm not coming on Jamaica to get mash up. I I was like, yo, man, yo, don't point that fucking gun towards me. (laughs) I was like, yeah, okay, I ain't playing no more, man. It's a rap, man. All right, done. It's good. Keep it smooth. You know what? Mighty Crown has had a lot of amazing highs, and you guys had some lows too, but you guys being on the ground for 30 years, you guys have done so much. Another one amazing thing that you guys done was the three P on the Welcome to Jamrock Cruise. Mm-hmm. How did how did that even come about in the first place? You you, you know, say it was my idea to do the clash on on um um on the sea. Okay, it was yeah. So it was the first first year um when Jamrock Cruise sailed. You know, I think it was two thousand and fourteen, I believe. And um yeah, so we were invited by Damian. Um, Damien, right? And Damien Marley, Junior Gong, and then 
And then so we we were um, performing on the stage, like on the main deck on the first, uh, I think it was the fourth night or something. Mm -hmm. And then the feeling that I had like on the cruise was so, it was a vibe where I never expected. Mm -hmm. um, um, it was a first time experience and it was a, it was such a joy, joyful moment. Like, you know, the energy going, going on the cruise, it was like, I was like, oh my God, yo, I didn't even know that, that this kind of world exists. Like mm -hmm. that was like the, the first feeling I had. Like, and then the second year, like, you know, the first year when I was invited and I was having so much fun, you know, seeing all the entertainment, reggae entertainment and, you know, reggae 24 seven, anywhere you go upon the ship mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, you get the food and all kind of things. And I was like, shit, I want to get back on this plane, man. Mm -hmm. You know? So I was like, people, do you want to see a song clash next year? And I was like, yo, if, 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 if I was going to play in a song clash next year, I would have played a song like this. And I play one eye junior gang song, the mighty crown dub it and get the far one. I'm like, and the next day, um, um, Dan, the manager of um, Junior Gang, was um, came up to me and like, yo, Sammy, mm -hmm. I was thinking about the idea, man. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Tabo, but me mentioned it last time. <laughs> I gave you a perfect idea, man. But, mm -hmm. but you know, so I basically wanted to go up on the cruise like next year. So I was thinking of like, you know, what would be a good idea? And so that idea came up to my mind. And, and the next, from the next year, the clash started, man. And, Look at now is a history. You know what I mean, what would what were your out of the three clashes? Do you have a special moment that sticks out to you from those three clashes? Oh, definitely the one where when we played Taurus Riley, man. You know, you know the whole world know about that, and you know what I mean. And you know, Mataran, I gotta say, enough respect to Mataran, man. Mataran always bring that excitement when Mighty Crown and Mataran buck up, you know. You know, because Matar is a kind of character where he always bring that joy, you know, and joyful energy moment. You know what I mean? I, and I'm also like, um, same kind of vibe. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So that's, that's, you know, that's the energy where we bring upon the, upon the table. So, you know, um, definitely that moment and, you know, that Taurus Riley wasn't like really no big song when you come to Taurus Riley catalog, you know, that's mm -hmm. one of the songs them, but it's not like super huge song, but it's a big song after mm -hmm. I played that in the class. <laughs> that was become, a cool comeback. Yeah, it was a, you know, perfect timing with the, you know, lyrics, uh, everything connect, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's a dope, that's a special, I guess you could say, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the moments where, you know, that that clash was the biggest clash for me, like you know, the old of the tree, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Big, big, big there. Another super bright moment was I remember like this was a couple of years ago. I was watching looking at YouTube. Somebody sent me a link, and it was mm -hmm. either TOK was performing or you guys were playing a TOK in the stadium in Japan. And yeah, yeah, it yeah. looked like there was one million people waving their rag at one time. Like, uh -huh. how did you guys even come up with that festival in the first place? Yokohama Reggae side. Yeah, so um, we basically started off with a, um, uh, maybe like 150 people 
when I came up with that, um, you know, idea, we basically was like wanted to keep a show like, you know, like if you can't bust in, in your town, we're, I don't think, I believe that like you can't bust anywhere you, you go in that world. If sure. you don't have the props in your fucking town, mm-hmm. yo, man, you're not making it in the other side of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was my mentality. Like, you know, if you if you don't have, basically, you, you know, you have to run the grounds, you know what I mean? So we started off, you know, doing off like, you know, basically a show, like a party, like, you know, regular dance, basically, you know, and we name it um, Yokohama Reggae Side. It was called Yokohama Reggae Bash first, okay. first year. But then um, we wanted to, you know, have a name like Reggae Sai. Sai means um, like festival in Japanese, right? So it, it never uh, the kanji word. And then, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, is a kanji where everybody knows say it's a festival, like a traditional festival kind of vibe, mm-hmm. you know? And then, so that's how, that's how we changed the name. And then every year the, the, our props, you know, was growing, you know, people was feeling our vibes because that to go to that stadium show, it started off with 150 people first mm-hmm. and 150 became 200, 200 became 400. 800 and now we start reach like thousand people venue and then when thousand people when we start reach thousand people venue there was thousand people outside who couldn't come in so it was growing like very fast pitch very fast pace and then you know now it was two thousand people venue right we i still have a picture of it as well like now it's in 2,000 people venue and there's 2,000 people now who can't come in another venue. And like so much people vexed, like they're still lining up outside waiting to have a chance to get in. Like, you know, that's how massive we became in them. After that, we was like, yo, we got to bring this to an outside venue, man. This is becoming like ridiculous. Like we're losing food. You know what I mean? Like 2,000 people outside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So no, we said, you know, let's go to the 10,000 people venue. But it was a, it was a risk. It's a gamble too, you know what I mean? Sure. Because when you play outside, it's, you have the weather risk as well. And then you, you don't know if, you know, people are going to full up. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the first outside venue when we go it was, like, 10,000 people, right? And then it was, like, fucking sold out in, like, like maybe, like, five minutes. Mm. I think it got sold out in, like, it was that's so it was like a big hype at that moment. Like Mighty Chrome was like the real fucking shit in Japan. And then we were like we were keeping our own show, you know what I mean? And then like no sponsors and shit, you know. Other big festivals in Japan has all the big sponsors and you know, they get the you know, same amount of people. But then like after that, like, you know, you know, we gotta move to the next bigger place. 10,000 people to now 20,000 people venue. And then after that, it was like, yo, we got to go to the stadium, which that's the only place that can hold more people. And then we did like, well, maybe five years straight stadium and sold out again, like in like maybe like 30 minutes. Sold out 35,000 people, you know. In when the I seen the crowd waving, I'm telling the flags or whatever they were waving, that was the most insane thing I've ever seen. A crowd do boss. That was crazy. Yeah, it, it was like, you know, you know, never expect myself to reach at that, you know, point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As a soul man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a soul man keeping this dance, you know what I mean? 
That's wild. You've yeah. done 30 years in the business now. You guys are about to go on a tour called mm-hmm. the Final Tour, all right? Yeah, you guys yeah. also have a cruise called the Far East Cruise. But even before we get into that, why do you guys think now would be a time to retire? Or why do you want to retire from the sound business? Um, well, basically, we just want to take a break uh, for a while. And um, yeah, um, because we've been there, done that, you know what I mean? Every year we've been touring like four corners of the earth. We've do, been doing this for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then we trying to, we want to reach, you know, we, we are um, um, greedy in a sense, maybe I should say. Like, you know, we always want to reach to a different level. Mm. We've been there, done that. We reach a level where enough, so, you know, you know, someone can reach this stage. I've been, I've been, I play like in Barclay Center already, like BB Kings, maybe in New York. One of the, you know, the, the, the spot mm. where, you know, never expect a someone to play. You know what I mean? So, and you know, I reached that stage. I went to O2 Academy Arena in 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 um, England, which is like the big venue them where where Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rihanna, John Legend, all these people, kind of people, performing that stage. You know what I mean? And then you know, no, is you know, I reached this all you know, and then. I reached there, done that, you know what I mean? As a soul man, you know, I'm like, yo, what's next? So that's the stage where we reach right now, you know what I mean? And then, you know, what will be the next move? And um, we basically want to expand and grow bigger, you know what I mean? And then another thing, though, is, um, you know, reggae and dancehall is is the biggest influential music in the world but the 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 industry structure mm-hmm. is like very weak in sense of um like compared to like hip hop and EDM and other kind of music you know they have a massive crowd like you know worldwide you know what i mean and then that's the stage where i want to you know kind of bring reggae and dance out Mm-hmm. Too, you know what I mean. The reggae and dance are up the same way like as hip hop and EDM them, because you know. But but I think there's like you know there has to be like a, like a nice structure mm-hmm. in 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 uh in the industry, like because it has a structure that's like missing. You know what I mean in, in reggae and dance are, fraternity like i think there has to be more unity you have to be more you know people have to know more have to understand how the industry work kind of shit you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's a lot of a misunderstanding you know i think in the in the business and then that needs to be fixed so i'm, I'm thinking like if we can you know if we can reach to if we can be you know one of the people who can you know bring that shit to that stage would be nice and then and, and, you know and it being a soulman alone can't really you know bring that whole shit so i may i might more like focus on more like production work on you know what i mean mm-hmm. 
because I know you do production. You guys are into everything. You guys have done brand deals with Nike, Clarks. Yeah. You're an artist too. I know you have a newer song called Internet Badman, Internet Badman. Uh. <laughs> you guys have your, your record label. You have your clothing label. You have production. You guys just have everything you guys put together from first starting from listening to cassettes to here you are right now. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing freaking journey, boss. Yeah, true, man. True, man. When you when you really, you know, go go, go back and you know look to you know the other experiences. It's just this amazing journey, man. You know, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm thankful for it. I, you know, I give thanks to other, you know, people I met throughout this journey. There's some, you know, you who passed and gone, you know, already, and you know, we not forget them as well. You know, and then you know, there's that the same. We want to bring like more energy, though, on 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 table. You know what I mean? Like different kind of vibe. We want to bring all more of the young youth, there, man. You know, because there's a lot of talent out there, and then, but it's it's hard, man. Like, um, I know, like, Mighty Crown can be a big part to bring this um reggae and dancehall industry like to a different level. Mm -hmm. but then it's 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 also as kind of hard as well because um like not all though like some of the artists is very hard to deal with in that sense like once you try approach him like yo look this like even in japan jamaica you know mm -hmm. it's it's kind of hard like you know because they don't understand the they don't see the vision mm-hmm so we have to have like some kind of structure and be be like, yo, look at these fucking guys, man. Like, you know, what I mean, we want to reach that kind of level there. That's our next next goal. Do, do you do you get what I'm trying to say, though? Of course, and you figured yeah. that in order to do it, you guys being on the front line might not be the best place where you could do it. It's more you guys could do it from the boardroom and in different places, exactly. different positions in the business. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We want some other people to be in the forefront and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like but we can be some of the you know, the brains, like you know what I mean, like sure. you know, the man who have the ideas and you know. Because sometimes I feel also even feel you know the production, you know, because like don't play vicing, right? Mm -hmm. The customize and all these things, you know, that we've been doing all through the years in our song clash business. Mm -hmm. Imagine putting that energy in a one artist. Mm. Not, I'm not saying one though. Like I would like to do like, you know, a woolly part is more on D with, but like, you know, let's start with one. But mm. if that kind of energy connects and clicks into the lyrics, it's going to be a bomb, man. But you got to remember, this is now where publishing and real business comes into play. Because if you put all this energy into a dub plate that you only could play, nobody else mm -hmm. could play it anywhere. doesn't matter. Imagine you create a hit song that anybody yeah, could play. Exactly. Now you're doing real business. Yeah, yeah. So th that's, that's, that's where, you know, I would like to, you know, move on towards. I mean, Mighty Crown is going to take a break. I mean, I mean, we're going to retire as a song. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like. It's not that doesn't mean like we're gonna come off of the you know come off of the business like if come out come out of the industry a mighty crown we need man I mean and um, we can do a lot of other stuff like especially like the production work and mm -hmm. you know hopefully we can you know get involved in that and you know 
some of the artists that can, you know, really appreciate our work and we can work together and be like, yo, mm-hmm. enough to be we outside, as you, as you mentioned, like, you know what I mean? Enough to be we in the United Forefront, you know? Yeah. You could take it because again, so then now close enough, this is where you guys are definitely close enough. This part of the uh-huh. journey, the sound part, which is now the final round tour. Yeah. With Mr. Radigan too, the first man to give you the kill after World Class, but I could see that you guys always had a different type of admiration for Radigan. You know what oh, I mean? definitely, definitely. I have so much respect for Radigan, man. You know, man, coming from the seventies, eighties, you know, um, you know, definitely the elder who showed, you know, being a non-Jamaican and being in the industry, you know, probably, you know, he probably had it even more rough back in the days. So, you know. Um, watching him alone, you know, is an inspiration and the knowledge where he have, you know, where the songs them, you know, is also um, very inspiring, you know. And then um, I'm glad to have Radigan for the final tour, you know, which is, um, yeah, he's coming this week, actually, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's going to be... The tour off in about two or three days. Yep, exactly. So that's going to be the first... Uh, first chapter for the final season. Yeah, so we have David Radigan. We're doing our last tour. This is Radigan's last tour as well in Japan. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because, you know, yeah, so he, because he's, 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 he's not young like back in mm-hmm. the days, you know what I mean? So it's, he said he's not going to do no more like long traveling tours. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so this is going to be the last one, you know what I mean? So I'm glad to have Radigan. Definitely, because he always brings that energy on the table. I mean, so we're going to kick off with that. And then, and then you know, so that's going to be our first chapter. Our second chapter is another one, you know, the Yokohama Reggae side. We're bringing back the, the outside festival for the one last time. So that's going to be the second chapter, which is in June 24th, 25th, outside venue. Um it's going to be crazy. I know so much people last, last night we announced it and so much, the feedback is huge right now. Yeah. The, yeah. And then the Yokohama reggae side, the word is trending in, in Twitter right now, you know, so that's how big it is right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then could we, will we be seeing you guys in Canada, North America, or anything on the final round tour? Uh, yeah, definitely, man. You know, our visa just got approved. So we want to, we definitely have to touch down New York City, which is my second home mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, from besides Yokohama. Um, and Canada, of course, um, we trying to um, sort out the dates, them, the, the in-between dates, them, where we you know have the shows them in Japan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we definitely have to touch down those soil, man, because, you know, um, hopefully I could touch down Canada, um, New York, US, and um, England, and Jamaica, and like rest of the Caribbean islands, you know, who's been showing us. We're going to Bermuda as well. Uh, we have we have show in Bermuda already. That's confirmed in April eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we definitely gonna come down the other side of the world, and then hopefully finish off with the 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 far east reggae cruise which is the first cruise ever in japan first music cruise ever in japan and it's the music cruise yeah first music cruise there's cruise in japan as well only like you know but the people is always like you know after 
is a retirement kind of thing, like 65 and up kind of vibe. But like, now we're bringing a different kind of energy. Like, you know, even the young people can enjoy the cruise because this is what a cruise is one of the things, like, you know, I really felt mm-hmm. a vibe, different vibe compared to the festival vibes and stuff like that, you know? So, you know, this is also like another thing, like, you know, to expand um, the reggae and dancehall brand, you know what I mean? And and definitely, you know, the cruise, you know, a cruise is not the easy deal, you know what I mean? This is like one of the biggest, biggest shit, biggest gamble that we did in our whole career, maybe. You know what I mean? Never done before in Japan. Um, once in a lifetime experience. Mm-hmm. Far East Reggae Cruise, this is it, people. If you've never been to Japan, this is the time. This is the right fucking time to come, people. Mosa, you need to come too, too, man. You know what I mean? This you is know what? It, that's my that's my personal invitation. So don't be surprised if you see me on the boat front and center. Oh, madness, man. FarEastReggaeCruise.com, people. Please come true. We have um Sanchez, TOK, Wayne uh, Wonder, Wayne Wonder, Freddie McGregor, Freddie McGregor so far. TOK. Yeah, we're trying to, you know, hopefully get a um, couple more acts, hopefully. And we have a lot of Japanese acts as well, you know, who's holding up, you know, Japan scene as well. Um and we also have uh, Massive B from New York City. And we also have Rory from Stone Love. Um, and we also have DJ Puffy, Puffy. represent the Caribbean island. One of my baddest DJ them, yeah. From Barbados. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's going to be a crazy party. You know, it's a Mighty Crown's last show. So, yo, please come forward, man, if you can. What's, come, the, you know what what's I mean? the date? The date is July 15th till the 20th, 2023. Mm-hmm. And where could they find out more info on the cruise and also the final round tour? Um, definitely, you can check um, www.fareastreggaecruise.com for the cruise. And then there's the Japanese site and the English site. Hmm. If you uh, if you go on top of the right side of the, the, the screen, you can click the English version to it and it will give you all the English version, right? So that's the link for the Far East Reggae Cruise. And then also the um, the final round tour would be MightyCrown.com and also probably IrishOnChin.com. Mm-hmm. I mean, so basically log into um, Sound Chat and you should get some of the information if you're more like on that side of the world. Yeah. Yeah, man. Definitely. Sammy. Thank you so very much for sitting down for this in-depth conversation to see things from your eyes, how you've seen it, being on a big stage in front of thousands of people, your wins, your losses, your draws, getting into the business. And mm-hmm. again, I know that you guys have done 30 years. It's sad to see you guys coming off of the front line of playing music, but it's also exciting to see what you guys are going to do in the next chapter of my career. Yeah. Yeah, give thanks, man. Most of thanks for the, you know, interview, same way. You know what I mean? You know, I haven't spoke a lot of these stuff, like, really, in, in you know, in, in none of the podcasts, them, you know what I mean? So big up yourself, you know what I mean? Keep up the good work, man. Keep up the energy because we need people like you to, you know, spread the words, you know what I mean? We need them kind of platform as well, and you know what I mean? Hopefully people come in to, you know, um, 
see this whole interview and shit. You know what I mean? You understand right now, before I get you out of here, if there's anything you want to big up, anything you want to say right now, the floor is yours right now before we go. Um, thank you for all through the years for the support. You know what I mean? You know, thanks for believing, believing in us. You know what I mean? Mighty Crown is definitely a name that is made it, you know, the stamp, we stamped our name in the book, you know what I mean? In the reggae book, I guess. Yeah. Um, yo, believe in yourself, man, people. Sound system can take it this far and we prove it to the world. You know what I mean? I mean, you need to have a good team as well. You know what I mean, some people we can believe in, you know what I mean? You know, you can trust and, you know, believe in yourself first, you know what I mean? Don't watch the money and the dungo first, man. That shit will come after, you know what I mean? So I just want to um, say enough respect. Thank you once again for the support, you know what I mean? Um, and I'll uh, hopefully see you guys at forestriggycruise.com. <laughs> either on on the cruise or on the tour but we'll connect somewhere hopefully yeah man definitely there. man okay. i hope i hope people catch the last leg of the um tour you know what i mean the last round tour you know what i mean see you somewhere in another part of the world hopefully you know also as japan you know what i mean you understand sammy let me give you an outro and get you out of here from this wicked epic conversation you understand yeah man Bomb. Well, ladies yes, and does. gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.